You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, college football fans, to another episode of the Locked On College Football Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Wade, host of the Locked On Hawkeyes Podcast, and I'm joined here by my good buddy, host of Locked On Big Ten Podcast, and also the Friday host of Locked On College Football. We got Big Ten Ben, Ben Stevens, on the show. How are you doing today, Ben? Andrew Wade, I am good. This is like a Big Ten takeover in the middle of the week of the Locked On College Football Podcast. It feels weird to me because you have been on my show countless times, maybe in the 15, 20 range. I have never been invited, sadly, on Locked On Hawkeyes. We'll get to that for another day. And now I'm here as your guest co-host for this Wednesday episode, although in two days I'll be hosting my regular spot with the host of Locked On Longhorns, Patrick Hahn. That's just the power of the Locked On Podcast Network and the college channel specifically, is that we can all just fill in and support each other at each and every second. That's why I love being a part of this network and I love being your friend as well. I couldn't agree as I couldn't agree more, man. This is just super weird to me looking at you and like me thinking of the questions and kind of starting the banter. It's really throwing me off, but we're going to get through it today. Uh, yeah. As everyone knows, if anyone was listening to the show regularly on the Wednesday show, the Ward and Wade Wednesday show, Josh Ward has uh, left the network. He has wanting to spend more time with his family and all that stuff. So we wish him the best. Uh, Josh Ward will be missed, but uh, we'll be getting a co-host to join me full time uh, going forward on the Wednesday, possibly the Thursday show when we figure out what the scheduling is going to look like. But for today, as Ben said, we are breaking down the Big Ten schedule. We're going to do a Big Ten takeover. If you don't like the Big Ten, you should listen anyways because the Big Ten is the best conference in the nation over SEC country. I might piss yep. some more people off. I do a good job of that every single show. I managed to piss off one team. I'm sure I'm going to piss off Nebraska fans today, so that'll be a lot of fun. But Ben, the first thing I want to get your mind on is the fact that we are actually, at this time, playing a full schedule. What are your thoughts on that? Isn't it exciting to see a 12-game schedule that we might actually fully play? That was my first and foremost thought when the schedule was released. The updated 2020 revision schedule on Friday afternoon by the Big Ten Conference was, wow, look, there's 12 games. There's three non-conference games in early September. Would you look at that? Right now, Nebraska and Illinois are scheduled to play in week zero at the end of August in Dublin, Ireland. How do you think my Irish accent is, by the way? Dublin. Dublin. Terrible. Dublin. Absolutely terrible. You should yeah, never try to... Are you Irish? Pretty good. No, not at all. But that's Okay, yeah, good. can it tell us? That was terrible. Oh. I would say maybe a two. Thank you very much. Regardless, the product on the field, hopefully <laughs> when we get to Dublin at the end of August will be better than a two. If not, that game will probably be played in Illinois, in Champaign due to COVID restrictions and travel. Regardless, as you said, though, a 12 game schedule. Looking at it was just so much fun to see the non-conference back, to see a full nine game conference slate that hopefully all of it will be played. Some bye weeks in there. And right now, as it stands, we are scheduled to play 12 games. The crazier part of that probably is now that we are in the middle of February, pretty much, or the early middle portion of the month. We're talking spring ball in like three and a half, four weeks. Like people are starting to put their depth charts together in their early look ahead to the 2021 college football season for what spring ball is going to look like on the 14 campuses around the Big Ten Conference and I'm sure around the rest of college football. It's crazy in February. We're already talking about that, but that's where we stand in the college football offseason. It's interesting because there's still a lot to happen too, right? We're going to be projecting out some of these schedules as we talk through the schedules on today's show, but there's still a lot to happen. The transfer portal is still wide open. There's a ton of players out there, a lot of prospects. I mean, Iowa still has a couple of scholarships they could possibly give. At least, obviously, I know Iowa the best there, but a lot of transfers still happening. We have, you know, incoming recruits. A lot of things can change over the next, you know, six, seven months. Um, as we saw last year, Penn State went into the season as a top-ranked team and left as one of the worst Penn State teams in the history of Penn State football. And a lot of that has to do with the spring ball and the fact that they didn't have it, the fact that they didn't have that continuity. Um, Iowa, 
though you could see the first two games of the season struggled without that continuity, breaking in a brand new quarterback. So that spring ball can be very important for the development and the growth of these teams. The other thing that's really important is playing really crappy teams early on in the season so you can get all the kinks out. However, the Big Ten decided they're going to play Big Ten games immediately. We have more games than I've ever remembered in my lifetime from the Big Ten playing each other, Nebraska versus Illinois, Minnesota versus Ohio State, Iowa versus Indiana, Wisconsin versus Penn State, Northwestern versus Michigan State. That is 10 Big Ten teams all playing the opening week. And what are your thoughts on that? I mean, that's a big impact to how that schedule could shake out and how those records could shake out. Yeah, for the schools, this is something very interesting, possibly not as exciting as it is for fans. But to have some of those matchups in the first week of the season and Nebraska and Illinois playing in week zero at the end of August, but to have those four matchups in week number one across college football, September 4th, that weekend of it, to have Iowa and Indiana really excites me because that was the game I was hoping we would get during Big Ten Champions Week from this past season. The cross-divisional matchup between the number two seed in the West and the number two seed in the East. We didn't get it thanks to scheduling and some postponements and what was the 2020 college football season but I'm thrilled to start off the year with that game because I think it's two teams that will be ranked in the top 15 and the top 20 in Iowa and Indiana that will be a very exciting game to have a Thursday night opener for Ohio State and Minnesota that's awesome and then Wisconsin and Penn State that is going to be a great game I expect a rejuvenated Penn State team Wisconsin should be the favorite heading into this year in the Big Ten West and then Northwestern and Michigan State as well Northwestern don't forget the Big Ten West champions two of the past three seasons so very intriguing matchups four of them to start off week one and one even before that in week number zero 10 of the 14 big 10 teams opening up with a conference game that's something like we haven't seen before yeah I mean I like how you didn't even bother burying the lead there I was going to ask you who do you feel like is the front runner for these conferences and obviously Ohio State has to be the option on the east side but uh, I thought there would at least be some discussion, but you decided to go with Wisconsin regardless early on in the show, which we'll get to at another point yes, in time. I'm not going to let you take over my show like I take over your show with Asher Lowe and everyone else. That is not happening on today's show. I am the master of today's podcast, but I completely Fair. agree. The Iowa-Indiana game is going to be a lot of fun, and I think it's really going to be important for these teams to start off strong. Um, I talked about it before we got on the show, Iowa struggles early on in the beginning parts of games, and you're trying to work out some of those kinks, you're typically playing a D1 AA team or a very low, you know, mid-major type of school like an Akron or someone in the, you know, the, the max, you know, max schools that you're playing to try to get an easy win before you go into these big, big 10 games. And every game counts in the big 10, especially on the West side where they're going to be a lot of cannibalism between these different schools, or that's a bad way of saying it, but these schools are going to be basically taking on each other. And there's going to be one to two losses for each of these schools. So a school that starts off slow, like in Iowa or Minnesota getting Ohio State, uh, Nebraska versus Illinois. That's a great battle to see who finishes in sixth or seventh in the, the Big Ten West. <laughs> I mean, these are Good big shot. time matchups, man. It's also very interesting because the four teams that don't open up their season with a Big Ten opponent also play some pretty tough what you would consider non-conference games. When you look at the like on the West, Purdue opening up at home against Oregon State. Oregon State, of course, out of the Pac-12, not one of the best teams recently out of the Pac-12. Still a power five school. Exactly, still a power five school. Maryland gets West Virginia, a West Virginia team that should probably finish fourth or fifth in the Big 12 conference. And then Michigan has Western Michigan, could be a good team out of the MAC. I believe Western Michigan is out of the MAC. They've played a lot of Big Ten teams (laughs) over the year. And then Rutgers gets Temple. So another 
pretty solid team coming out of the American that has made some waves in the last couple of years. So nobody really starts their season off on the easiest of foots. We're not playing Division One AA or FCS opponents. They are playing against really good teams, but that opens things up pretty early on to understand some of these cross-divisional matchups, how it might shake out across the Big Ten Conference. They're all cross-divisional, so they don't really impact the divisional races that we will see later on in the year with the likes of Wisconsin and Iowa and Minnesota in the Big Ten West. And on the East, it's probably much Ohio State's league to lose but we'll get to that later on the cross divisional matchups though do provide some excitement for the fan bases across the conference to start off the season with yeah and then you mentioned the non-conference schedule and the fact that there are a lot of good non-conference games you mentioned the ones that they're starting out with opening weekend but we get into that schedule i mean nebraska has a tough game iowa's got a tough game minnesota wisconsin michigan penn state ohio state michigan state they all have tough power five matchups coming up this upcoming season. We're going to get into that on segment number two. Before we do though, I got to tell the folks about Built Bar. Ben, I know you're a fan of Built Bar. I am as well. My favorite is mint brownie. I eat it literally every morning with a glass of whole milk. You might make fun of me for drinking whole milk, but it just goes perfectly with a nice chocolatey Built Bar. Built Bar comes in 18 fantastic flavors. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. These bars are absolutely delicious. Ben, tell me about the health benefits though, because I feel like the health benefits are kind of what draws you into this fantastically delicious bar well andrew wade right before we started recording this podcast i had to run a few minutes late and you allowed me to do so because i was I'm finishing a, up a workout how did i end my workout <laughs> totally with a built bar one of their new flavors that should be hitting the market soon that right there my friends is a tease in the business but the health benefits are incredible on top of the delicious taste you're really having a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar but you can feel good about what you're eating because built bars are perfect for the person looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat the bars are low in calorie low in sugar but high in protein and high in fiber they have all the good stuff that leaves you feeling healthy and other bad stuff that bogs you down as well and the best thing of all when you go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n you'll get 20 percent off your next order. Use promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcast at. And before we took a quick break there, Ben, obviously the break wasn't really there because we were talking about some awesome ads that you need to be paying attention to, especially if you are a health-conscious man or woman with Built Bar. We were talking about some non-conference games, which these teams are probably going to need some Built Bars going into those games because they are going to be difficult nebraska gets oklahoma and boy can i not wait for that butt beaten that is going to be a lot of fun for me as a nebraska hater iowa gets iowa state and probably the most hyped up matchup in this cyhawk series in a very long time i know they got uh you know some national coverage two years ago but this is definitely going to be the toughest game iowa's had from a non-conference perspective with iowa state in a long time minnesota gets university colorado uh not necessarily the top team but still a solid team wisconsin getting notre dame michigan and washington ohio state and oregon penn state and auburn michigan state and miami no longer are these big 10 teams playing cupcake games and i want to get your thoughts on why i have a i have a hypothesis i think part of it is the fact that sometimes it's tough for these Big Ten teams to separate themselves from the pack when they don't play any tough non-conference games. You play a tough non-conference game, you win that game, and you go undefeated in the Big Ten, you're almost guaranteed to be in the college ball playoff. But when you don't, you leave some opportunity for omission. And we've seen the SEC be able to sneak in there with one or two teams. I wanted to get your thoughts. Is that kind of what you're seeing with this? Or do you feel like there's something else in play here? 
No, I think that's why people are doing this. You understand now to make the top four of the college football playoff, you need a marquee win and you need it in the non-conference. We didn't have that this past year in 2020, but that has always been a criteria the college football playoff selection committee looks for in terms of equating teams. If you can keep pretty much everything the same, you have a 12 game schedule, you have a conference champion versus conference champion who do you put in there who has the edge if somebody played a marquee non-conference game and got a huge victory that goes to better suit their resume as you look to make the final four of the cfp as we know the college football playoff selection committee can be pretty rigid so you need to do things according to their standards that's why i think you see a lot of these big 10 teams going out and playing these difficult non-conference games ohio state oregon in week number two is going to be incredible michigan also against the pac-12 opponent in washington you left out one of the best games of week number two in my opinion rutgers going to visit Syracuse just throwing that out there but the <laughs> no Cy one cares game, I mean <laughs> yes people do care don't you watch yourself the Cyhawk game is what I'm most excited for also what a start to the year for Kirk Ferentz and the Hawkeyes to have Indiana at home and then go on the road to Ames to play Iowa State in the Cyhawk game this Iowa State team coming off the most wins they've had in program history ever this past season that is how good Iowa State will be that is how good Iowa will be if Iowa can beat Indiana even if they lose I still think it's probably a top 20 matchup between the Cyclones and the and the Hawkeyes by the time we get to week number two of the 2021 college football season but that's why you see these Big Ten teams going out there they want a marquee win on their resume that if things go well throughout the rest of the Big Ten conference and throughout their conference action by the time we get to the end of the year they can say hey if I'm a conference champion or even competing with the best in the Big Ten and I have one loss and it's to Ohio State I have to be a factor for the CFP and for the New Year's Six Bowls. Couldn't agree more, man. One thing I wanted to mention on the Iowa-Iowa State game is the fact that Iowa State returns, I believe, 20 of 22 starters or 21 of 22 starters. They're losing their backup tight end and a defensive tackle. Uh, that scares the living hell out of me. If I'm an Iowa fan, well, I'm an Iowa fan, but if I'm <laughs> Iowa and Iowa starts off the season 2-0, I'm going to be hyped beyond belief, more hyped than I was for this Iowa basketball season until the last five games. But it is going to be nuts in Iowa City because they just took down two of the toughest opponents on their schedule. And then they get to go in and play some cupcakes before getting into their easier schedule on the West, which we'll also get to. But yeah, I I completely agree. My other game that you kind of talked about, but I like Wisconsin and Notre Dame. Wisconsin's a team that I feel like is going to be the toughest team in the Big Ten West for Iowa to get past. Notre Dame, always a very solid team under Brian Kelly. Uh, Say what you want about Notre Dame and how well they can do in the college football playoffs, but they are a very strong team, and that's going to be a very marquee matchup. Notre Dame just brings that clout. Whenever you beat a Notre Dame team, that is naturally going to provide some clout. And for a Wisconsin team that has just always been on the cusp of possibly getting in the college football playoffs, just can't get past Ohio State, that will be an absolutely huge game for them. An opportunity maybe for the Big Ten to see – two teams go to the college ball playoff, which probably will never happen in our lifetime, but still something pretty cool to look at alongside those schedules though, Ben, I wanted to get your thoughts on what are some of the easier schedules because there's always that, that issue when you have the East playing three teams in the West, the West playing three teams in the East, obviously the West is a little bit weaker from a, a top to bottom standpoint. Uh, so some of these teams can get some favorable schedules. Iowa in 2015 used that favorable schedule to ride that self to a Rose bowl, uh, loss unfortunately to Stanford but wanted to get your thoughts what is the easiest schedule in your opinion for this year also one more game we need to touch on in the non-conference that we missed because it's in week number three not where the rest of them are in week number two Indiana hosts Cincinnati week number three of the season that will be a very good game of course since he was a team that a lot of people thought should have been in the college football playoff just barely lost to Georgia in what was it the Cotton Bowl this last year in the New Year's Six so that should be a great game that was a great game 
Yeah. Oh, great game. That Wisconsin Notre Dame game. You mentioned week four, Jack Cohn revenge game, the former Wisconsin quarterback, the now transfer at Notre Dame. He might be the starter by the time we get to the start of the 2021 college football season. Also Notre Dame two straight against big 10 opponents, week three against Purdue week four against Wisconsin. When we look at the big 10 schedules, one of the more favorable ones, and I have a tough time saying favorable, but just where everybody falls on their schedule is Wisconsin. Because yep. Wisconsin's hardest games all come at home. They have Penn State, Notre Dame, Michigan, Iowa, all at home. Those are the games that really will decide most likely where Wisconsin wants to be by the time we get to the end of the 2021 season. They also have Northwestern in the third to last week of the year at home. The only real tough test they have on the road right now, if you even want to call it that based off last year, at Minnesota. But other than that, they go at Illinois, at Purdue, and at Rutgers. They have a very tough crossover schedule when you have both Penn State and Michigan coming over from the East, but all of those games really for Wisconsin at home in Camp Randall, which hopefully by the time we get to the start of this next college football season, fans, at least in some capacity, can be back allowed, and maybe by the end of the season in full capacity, and then you know that home field advantage in Madison does play a huge test. So I think Wisconsin has a more favorable schedule to be the Big Ten West champions yet again than when you look at the likes of Iowa that has some of their toughest tests on the road at Iowa State in the Cyhawk game, at Wisconsin, at Northwestern, and I guess – this game, not really a tough test anymore, but still a rivalry game. They have to go to Lincoln this year to play the Huskers in Memorial <laughs> Stadium. But that when you look at it just from the Big Ten West race, Wisconsin has a more favorable home schedule than do the Iowa Hawkeyes. Yeah, as much as it pains me to say, Iowa-Nebraska is always a very good game to watch. It pisses me off because I don't get it. Nebraska can't play up to anyone else. They just choose to play up to Iowa, but that, I digress there. I should have just told you my answer first before I let you take my answer, but I agree. Wisconsin is undoubtedly, in my opinion, have the easy schedule. I also want to point out a couple others. Ohio State actually has a relatively easy schedule. They don't play Iowa or Wisconsin. <laughs> they get Penn State and Oregon at home. I think Illinois has a somewhat easy schedule. No Ohio State, no Indiana. They get Iowa, Michigan, and Purdue at home. Uh, so those are the other two I wanted to call out. But Wisconsin, undoubtedly, when you don't have to play Ohio State or Indiana, arguably the two best teams on that east side, uh, that definitely makes for a better situation for them. And then Iowa, uh, some some Nebraska fans are probably going to call this out, but Iowa doesn't have to play Ohio State again, which is phenomenal for me as a Hawkeye fan. Although the last time I played Ohio State, we basically burned Urban Meyer's image out of that building. He was never coming back to Kinnick, and he hasn't came back since, right? He retired. He didn't want to go to Iowa because he was scared. So um, still, it's good that we don't play Ohio State from an Iowa perspective, but I think Wisconsin to me is the easiest schedule. Ohio State, Illinois also have some pretty manageable schedules. What are your thoughts on the hardest schedule, though? I think every year we look at a Big Ten schedule, even in the compacted 2020 season, for whatever reason, Nebraska's up there. You talked about their non-conference game on the road in Norman against the Oklahoma Sooners. Then in the crossover, they have both Michigan and Ohio State, both of those games coming at home, but an incredibly daunting crossover schedule. They have Northwestern, obviously, then at, on the road at Wisconsin. Not very easy for a Nebraska team in what will be Scott Frost's fourth season that really needs to start seeing some improvement or we might have to have a conversation at the end of next college football season about the head Huskers time at the helm of that program in Lincoln. Also on the East side, the contenders to Ohio state, you mentioned how Ohio state always has a favorable schedule. If you're the Buckeyes, you're going to be favored probably in every game that you play. Yeah. That will be the case again for Ryan day and company in 2021. But the contenders, when you look at Indiana who had the upstart year last year, they have to go on the road 
at Iowa, on the road at Penn State, on the road at Michigan. They do have Ohio State at home, but the other games that could be in conjunction for the race in the Big Ten East, all on the road for Tom Allen and company. Michigan has an incredibly difficult schedule with their crossovers having Wisconsin, Nebraska, and then Northwestern. And they have Indiana at home. They have Ohio State at home, but they have not fared well in the game, as we know. And Penn State, to open up the year on the road in Madison against Wisconsin, they have to go on the road at Ohio State. They get Michigan at home, but that really is the only easy, favorable match. Matchup. They also have Indiana at home. That game in week five of the season will be kind of the revenge game for Penn State because I truly believe that Michael Penix Jr. broke the Nittany Lions last year with that dive in overtime that they ruled a good two-point conversion. Penn State never seemed the same. Now they have Mike Yurcich in there, a new offensive coordinator. How does he adapt with Sean Clifford, who will be back for his fourth season on campus in State College? But the contenders to Ohio State all have pretty tough paths to knock off the Buckeyes in the Big Ten East this year. I don't see it happening. That's why, like you, I think Ohio State has probably the most favorable schedule in the East Division. Couldn't agree more. Penn State was the one that I had picked down. I also agree with Nebraska. I think to me, it's just funny when Nebraska gets that hard schedule. I just uh, because, you know, there's there's starting to be a conspiracy theorist uh, thing going on in the, the Lincoln area where it feels like the Big Ten is out to get Nebraska. I don't necessarily subscribe to that, but it is quite convenient that Nebraska always gets Ohio State and it's always a shellacking. I mean, and, and in Nebraska's defense, it's a shellacking for almost any team, but it's just it's a little bit funnier for me seeing it happen almost every year. Penn State, though, does have an incredibly tough schedule. Anytime you get Wisconsin, Wisconsin and Iowa and Ohio State all on the road and you have Auburn man that that's tough I agree though I feel like last year the Penn State Indiana game just destroyed Penn State they were just never the same I mean that wasn't a bad team and that's actually what frustrates me when people look at the Big Ten this past year and say it was weak it wasn't weak the bottom teams just got better and the typical blue bloods just couldn't close out a few games. They were still very talented, though. Penn State was a tough out for Iowa. That was not an easy game by any means, but I digress there. Nevertheless, coming up on segment number three, we're going to get into what our predictions are for this conference. Who's going to be in that Big Ten title game? Can there be a sleeper that gets there? We'll talk about all that coming up on segment number three. We can't bet on college ball right now, Ben, but you can still bet on the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL, and you can do that by going to betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports actions. BetOnline8.ag even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. I mean, how crazy is that? You could actually bet on president pardons. That's how amazing BetOnline.ag is. You can win some money right now by putting your account, BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit at BetOnline.ag. But Ben, let me let me ask you, what is your favorite thing to bet on at BetOnline.ag? Right now, Andrew Wade, as we are two Big Ten guys, that would be Big Ten basketball, and it is the best conference in all of college basketball. And as I am going to betonline.ag, as we are currently speaking, there are three games in the Big Ten conference when it comes to the basketball season tonight, and we are talking about your Iowa Hawkeyes with a game against Rutgers. Betonline.ag has that spread right now. If I can find it, there it is, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, Iowa a six and a half point home favorite against the Scarlet Knights, the over under total 151. So although Andrew Wade, this is the locked on college football podcast. I must ask you to make a pick. Iowa has lost four of their last five games. Rutgers has won four straight. They visit Carver Hawkeye tonight. Do you think Iowa covers that spread from betonline.ag, which is six and a half? I do think they cover, and I'm also not betting on it because I'm just scared for at least a little while. But CJ Frederick is playing, so I think you should be able to bet on betonline.ag, win some money on the Iowa Hawkeyes. And again, use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus as Big Ten Ben does. You can bet on all the Big Ten basketball games at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. 
2020 is mercifully over and it's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. And if you don't want to listen to my advice or Big Ten Ben's advice, which I think you probably shouldn't because sometimes it's pretty bad, you can go to the Locked On Bets podcast. Listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcast at. And honestly, one of the most impressive things I've done on the Locked On Podcast Network is somehow got through that after throwing you under the bus. Ben, I apologize, but have your bets gotten better? They have. I'm not bad at Big Ten basketball. I start off every year a little slow as I have to adapt and learn things about the teams. Yes, I infamously started this past Big Ten football season 0-10-1 against the spread, but I ended 23-24-1. That's 23-13 and over the final 36 bets I made if you are keeping count. So it just takes me a little while, fade me the first two weeks of the year, and then hop on the train. You do all that at betonline.ag, and I think pretty soon, Andrew Wade, betonline.ag will have win totals for this upcoming college football season and possibly odds to win each division in the big 10, which is something we'll discuss right now. Absolutely. So I, I had to, I have to confess um, when you sucked the first two weeks, I just stopped paying. <laughs> Why attention. are we going back to this? I thought we were done. No, I just, I just, I have to confess. I just never actually went back to see how good you done after that. I just like to, at this point, I just like to point out when you do fail, um, right. consider that a friendship thing because most people oh, look at that as like, wow, Andrew's a jerk, but I actually consider it. That just means I like you, man. I just like pointing out your failures, which is not what a friend does, but here I am, Andrew Wade of Lockdown Hawkeyes pointing out your failures whenever I can, especially when you try to call me out when Iowa basketball is playing, nothing pisses me off more than that. And I will never let you live down from that, but we have football season and eight short, grueling months. Mm. Who do you think is going to win the Big Ten this year? The Big Ten conference overall? Yeah, we'll start We'll start strong. Who's winning? I mean, you know what it's got to be. It's Ohio State until somebody upsets Ohio State. And right now, as we talked about in segment number two, the Buckeyes' schedule is still very favorable. Are there some upset opportunities on there as it looks right now on paper? Sure. Going on the road at Indiana was a very tough game for Ohio State this past year. If Penn State is better, if Michigan is better, could they knock off the Buckeyes? Maybe, but I still think Ohio State will be unbeaten by the time we get to that first week of December. They will be playing in Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis in the Big Ten Championship game. Who they play on the other side, I'm sure we'll discuss in just a moment, but I still think it's Ohio State. Ohio State will be a top-five ranked team by the time we get to the start of the 2021 college football season and as far as it stands right now in my opinion they'll be in the college football playoff final four once again playing the cfp semifinals with another shot at the national championship game obviously the biggest thing for them right now is who replaces justin fields i'm blanking on the quarterback's name that's going to come in there oh my god oh you know it no you know it i can't i can't remember the name either I'm going to, this is going to piss me off. While you figure that name out, I think we can easily point to the West side where Wisconsin has to be the favorite to also go there. I know they struggled towards the end of last season. They started off strong. Graham Mertz looked like a Heisman trophy candidate, his very first game of the season against an Illinois squad that was definitely struggling to figure out their identity early on in the season. I think you got though. Who is the Ohio state quarterback? C.J. Stroud will be the yes. favorite as of right now, but Jack Miller could also be in there and true freshman Kyle McCord. So it's really going to be between those three freshmen, redshirt freshman and C.J. Stroud and Jack Miller and the true freshman Kyle McCord. I knew it was C.J. Stroud. I, I was going to say DJ, and I think I was thinking DJ Uungangulele from Clemson, but no, C.J. Stroud will most likely be taking the reins in Columbus. He's like seventh or eighth in like the Heisman favorites already. Yeah. So it's not it's like absurd. they expect too big of a drop-off. So C.J. Stroud will probably be running that Ohio State offense. That's why I still think Ohio State having Chris Olave back having some experience back on defense. I still think Ohio State will be the Big Ten champions. As you were saying about the West, go ahead. 
No, I, I think one thing I want to touch on that is Ryan Day does such a phenomenal job. I mean, they basically taken that program from Urban Meyer and just did the exact same thing. And what they do is they get the ball to playmakers in space and they utilize the running game. And then it opens things up for that quarterback to be able to make those good plays. Obviously, Justin Fields is an incredibly talented quarterback, but I expect the same thing from C.J. Stroud going into his first year as possibly the starter. But on the Wisconsin side, yeah, I think Wisconsin has to be the odds-on favorite. They return a significant amount of their players, especially true freshman running back Jalen Berger going to be a true sophomore at this point. Well, actually, I guess still a true freshman, given the, the interesting true. eligibility rules. Graham Mertz, he looked pretty darn good. Now, he didn't look that good against Iowa, but I thought overall Graham Mertz played phenomenally. There's a reason why Jack Cohn has left the program and gone to Notre Dame. It's because Graham Mertz is the future of this program. So for me, Wisconsin has to be the odds-on favorite to win that. But I'm curious... The Big Ten West is definitely where there can be a little bit of controversy. We've seen Northwestern win. We've seen Iowa make some pushes but not get all the way there, not since 2015. Wanted to get your thoughts. What is a team where you'd want to be on the lookout for outside of Wisconsin in the Big Ten West? I think it has to be Northwestern, actually, because yep. they've won two of the last three Big Ten West divisional crowns. And when you look at this Northwestern team this year, if Ryan Holinsky comes in there, they want the grad transfer market again. Obviously, Peyton Ramsey now gone. He is left. He is maybe going to test his luck in the NFL, but Ryan Holinsky, the transfer from South Carolina, obviously playing in the SEC, has some experience against Power 5 opponents. Can he come into this Northwestern offense run by Mike Bajakian and have some success? Again, Northwestern's calling card is going to be Pat Fitzgerald in the staple that he has set on the defensive side of the ball. They lose a lot of experience, especially in that very talented linebacker core that led the way last year with Patty Fisher, Blake Gallagher, and Chris Bergen, but I think Northwestern should be able to replace some of that talent, and their schedule is a lot more favorable in the West than than Iowa's. They have Nebraska on the road. That's maybe one of their tougher divisional races, and they go to Wisconsin on the road as well. But they have Minnesota at home, Iowa at home. That Purdue game, which got announced on Tuesday, will be played at Wrigley Field the second to last week of the season. That should be fun. You know what they say about Wrigley Field? Fly the W, I guess. Anyway, <laughs> Iowa has a very tougher, has a much tougher road when you look strictly at the division in the West. They have to go on the road at Wisconsin, on the road at Northwestern, on the road at Nebraska. They get Minnesota and Illinois and Purdue all at home, but what do we expect out of this Minnesota team now coming back from a year where it was a very down year, at least according to expectations, after a very good 2019 for P.J. Fleck and company? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd have to agree with you. Northwestern has to be the odds-on favorite here. I think at least to be the team outside of Wisconsin. If you had to bet on a team that wasn't Wisconsin, I'd probably pick Northwestern. They get Michigan State, Michigan, and Rutgers on that east side. They don't get Ohio State. They don't get Penn State. They don't get Indiana. I mean, that's got to factor into that. I will say this. Home field advantage doesn't matter in Evanston. It is the most garbage field in all of the power five. There's no such thing as an advantage. Let me me interrupt you there because it doesn't matter probably in terms of the raucous crowds and the fans that pack the stadium at Ryan field, but the actual turf conditions at Ryan field, when they grow out the grass late in October, November, that can slow people down. It's a joke, but it's also kind of has some truth to it. So, and it makes the game ugly matters in that way. Yeah, I mean, and also I've heard the wind coming off one of the end zones can be very difficult from a field goal position or field goal perspective. So that is also something to watch out for. But yeah, Northwestern definitely has to be that team. All right, we have one last minute. Quickly, who do you feel like finishes last in the Big Ten West and the Big Ten East? Last in the Big Ten West for me right now would be Illinois. Although I expect Brett Bielema to change the culture there after last year, I thought they were going to have a regression. They did. I expect them to finish last. I love Rutgers so much, man, but I still, I don't know. They had so much improvement in 2020. I don't know if they're going to continue to rise up there in 2021, but Maryland and Michigan State will be right there with them. I think those teams will be battling for the bottom of the Big Ten East, but I do think Ohio State wins the East and Wisconsin wins the West. Yeah, I say Michigan State is bottom for me, and then I would also agree with that as well. Illinois has to be last, but I also 
I, I try not to say Nebraska, but I just, I don't see a way Nebraska doesn't finish second or, or last. I mean, they've lost so many players that they haven't grown at all. I just, I can't see a way where they don't finish in the bottom tier as well, but Ben Stevens, it has been an honor having you for the first time hosting you on this podcast. I will admit it was incredibly awkward for me to be the host of this show. I'd much rather just talk to you. You ask the questions. I just speak and ramble, but it was a great time having you on big 10. Ben, where can the folks find you at, man? You can find me on Locked On Big Ten every single day, breaking down the Big Ten Conference, both in football and basketball season on a daily basis. And Friday on this very show, Locked On College Football, where we'll do something kind of similar to today, ranking the Big Ten in the power rankings. We'll do Big Ten power rankings on the Friday show with Patrick Kahn of Locked On Longhorns. By the way, Andrew Wade, I thought you did a fantastic job in the host role, though. I think you did fantastic. I appreciate that. Yeah, so it's Big Ten Ben with Locked On Big Ten. Andrew Wade of Locked On Hawkeyes. We are here this Wednesday show of Locked On College Bowl. We'll be back tomorrow for another episode of Locked On College Bowl. We got some other hosts hosting that show, so stay tuned for that. We are here every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Have a fantastic day, and you've loved the show. Make sure to give us that five-star review wherever you found this podcast at. Have a fantastic day, y'all, and we love some college football.